Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. I'm your host, Frank, and this is another one of my Think on Your Feet episodes. In this series, I'm playing through Norman Withers against the Circle Undone, and things are coming to a head now, because Norman joined the Lodge, but he's also been deceiving the Lodge. So, after the events at Hangman's Hill the horror of the graveyard and the heretics that were unleashed there. Norman has nursed his wounds and headed back into Arkham proper, and noticed as things seem to be getting bleaker around Arkham. People are staying indoors, the weather is overcast, there's a thin mist hanging in the air, and shops are closing for no particular reason. Things, as the flavour text says, are getting out of hand. I didn't plan to record this given the situation in the world at large, but it feels somewhat fitting, and I hope it will be a way of providing succour to those listeners who are finding this difficult, rather than doubling down on how it already feels. Remember, if you're struggling with self-isolation or with social distancing, there are ways of reaching out to people online. Remember that you can come and message us on Drawn to the Flame if you just want to chat about something else to distract you from the situation. I'm not saying that uh, we all have to forget what's going on, definitely not, but it is okay simply to want a bit of space from it. In terms of my deck, I've gone with the versatile David Renfield emergency aid option, so the deck feels particularly thick, and I've even made sure I've put versatile out in front of me. And I've got to say, it is a beautiful looking card, isn't it? And the chap in a cardigan isn't Norman, but maybe it's a young Norman, back when he felt he could go gallivanting around? I don't know. Okay, queue up all your Hot Fuzz references, because here we go into scenario five or six, if you count the prologue, for the greater good. Agenda 1A, the Hierophant, five. Adapt your beliefs and be open to new truths. You are expected to conform. Do not stray from the path. It's eight doom, and there's a forced effect. When you defeat a silver twilight enemy, you leave behind some evidence of the scuffle. Move one doom from each enemy at that location to the current agenda. So it's only silver twilight enemies, but I think all the enemies in this scenario are. And it doesn't make the agenda advance, but it will remove doom from them. So if there's no doom on the agenda and I go and kill a bunch of silver twilight enemies, I'll be adding a lot of doom very quickly. Act 1A. Warm welcome. You have arrived at the Lodger's Manor in French Hill to see if they can help you piece together the evidence you've collected. Perhaps you can even speak with the president of the Lodge again. But as you approach the manor, you begin to wonder if this was a test of your loyalty all along. My headcanon for what's going on is Norman's done his investigations at Keziah Mason's house and then going to Hangman's Hill, And after what he ran into there, he's shaken up, obviously. It's further proof for him that supernatural things exist. But also he feels that he needs to go back to the source, go to the power that be in Arkham, and find out what the Lodge knows. He can't shake the feeling that maybe they know more than they're letting on. And he wants to take this dance a little bit further. How much does he share? How much do they share? Who's playing who? We start at Lodge Gates, we've been expecting you, somewhat ominous. 
As you approach the gates of the lodge's manor in French Hill, you're surprised to see several automobiles parked nearby in the street. Light shines in several of the windows of the manor. Is there a gathering of some sort here tonight? What's happened about social distancing? The headquarters of the Silver Twilight Lodge is a gorgeous Victorian mansion in French Hill, overlooking most of the city. Light flickers beyond its prominent stained glass door. It's too shroud and no clues. Enemies cannot spawn at the lodge gates. And there's a resign action on second thought maybe coming here was a bad idea. Our token bag. We have three skulls. Their minus X. X is the highest number of doom on a cultist enemy in play. We've got two elder things. Their minus three. If you fail, move one doom from the nearest cultist enemy to the current agenda. So being three up would be very good. But we also have two cultists. Their minus two reveal another token. So the bag, if we pull a cultist, could spike to cultist into minus three or cultist into minus four to potentially minus six. Could even spike cultist into elder thing, minus five. And that could be really nasty. Let's look at our opening hand. Storm of Spirits level three, the terrifying card. Eureka, another Eureka. Crack the case and another Storm of Spirits. Well, I did shuffle this deck repeatedly, having just rebuilt it. I'm tempted by keeping a crack, keeping a storm to protect against the hound. It's not the ideal hound solution. And then chucking three, both Eurekas and a storm. Definitely chuck the second storm. Crack the case is just great for early economy, so I think it stays. Definitely chucking a second Eureka. Do I chuck both Eurekas and hope for an ally or a shriveling, maybe Crystalline Elder Sign, Black Book, Hawkeye Folding Camera? Essentially assets early is what I want. Yeah, I'll chuck the second Eureka as well. So I'll keep a Storm of Spirits and crack the case, draw three more. Knowledge is Power, Shriveling, and David Renfield. Shuffle my deck, and then we reveal the top card. It's good to be back, eh? Norman back in business. This weird fatter deck. Probably will stop mentioning that, but bear with me as I keep mentioning it. Feels like Mandy mode now. There are all sorts of risks inherent in what we've done with Versatile. The power so far with this deck has been the Rook Astounding Revelation core of it. And we risk really diluting that with another ally. We risk drawing our Astounding Revelations before we can search for them. But that's just something we're going to have to work with. And we're going to have to stay switched on about the risks we face or otherwise. Right, top card of the deck is Working a Hunch. Well, that would be nice to play cheekily off the top of the deck for one. Is there a way of making it work with this hand? So hand is Shriveling and Renfield, Knowledge is Power, Crack the Case, and Storm of Spirits. I feel like play Shriveling, play Renfield, move into the lobby, which is the only location. Ah, the entrance to the Silver Twilight Lodge is guarded. You cannot enter the lobby. Lodge gates gains action parlay. The guards recognize you from the Migra state and let you pass, reveal the lobby. So we could play a card, parlay, move in, and potentially then buy with working a hunch a clue from there. Or if we just let working a hunch come into our hand at the end of the round, we would be more set up with Renfield and Shriveling, and we could do all of that moving next turn. I think we go for the setup play now. So pay two for Renfield, play three for Shriveling. Shriveling has four charges on it. We're broke. Do have a crack the case, though. Do we tap Renfield, add a Doom, and start pushing? That gives us six turns to clear Renfield. I think we go for it, yeah. 
So we tap Renfield, add a Doom to him, and make a resource. And for our last action, we'll spend that action and parlay. The front entrance to the Lodger's Manor is guarded by two men in trench coats who nod to you as you approach. It's three shroud and no clues. Well, I'm glad we didn't rush in. I thought there was a clue here. The guards step aside and allow you to enter the lobby. Mr. Sanford has been expecting you, one of them says cryptically. The interior of the mansion is clean and well kept, as you would expect from Arkham's most prestigious social club. Plaques, pictures, and other trinkets adorn the wooden walls, hinting at the lodger's long and storied history. By chance, we played the right thing. I'm not going to say I knew there was no clue there. I thought there was. And that's the end of the round. Upkeep, Renfield readies. We draw working a hunch and reveal Mr. Rook. Well, that would be good to have in hand to replace Renfield when we need to. We go to two resources. We hit two doom because of Renfield. And our encounter card is Centuries of Secrets. Revelation test willpower five. For each point you fail by, discard the top card of the encounter deck. If a curse treachery is discarded by this effect, deal one direct damage to your investigator and to each of your ally assets. Well, we're currently a willpower five with Renfield. In the player window in the test, I'm going to tap Renfield. I won't add another Doom, but I'll just take a single resource. And we're five on five for the test. Minus two, so we fail by two. First card is Evil Past, which is a curse. And then Mark of the Order, which is a scheme. So Renfield takes a direct damage, and we go up to three of six damage. Yeah probably don't want to play rook off the top of the deck we just we definitely want to head into the lobby and then where are we going to find our three clues i think there are a couple at the lounge and then there's the one in the lodge cellar as well which we're not connected to ideally we want to move efficiently don't we where we want to clear one side and then head the other way i think we head to the lounge so first action would be move to the lobby yeah let's head the lounge i can't remember this scenario well enough so, you know, it's sort of like a blind play. Bear with me. As you approach the staircase leading to the second floor of the mansion, you smell burning candle wax. It is quiet enough that you can hear the gentle crinkling of a page being turned. It's two shroud and two clues. As you enter the warm lounge, you spot an elegantly dressed man reading by the fire. To your surprise, he pays you almost no heed whatsoever. The privilege of the rich. Forced, after lounge is revealed, put the set-aside vault and library locations into play. Put the set-aside August Lindqvist asset into play in the lounge. Place one random set-aside key on him. August Lindqvist is elegant and elusive. He's cultist and silver twilight traded, but he's an asset. He's not an enemy. As an action, investigators at August Lindqvist's location spend two clues as a group to parlay each investigator who spent at least one clue must either take a damage or a horror. Another way of killing Renfield. Remove August Lindquist from the game and take control of his key. I don't really care what you're doing here, but perhaps we can make an arrangement. So he's kind of... He has knowledge. He's in the inner circle in some way. But he's also somewhat nihilistic, fatalistic. He's chilled. He doesn't care. So that was first action move in. There's two clues here that we could spend to advance. We need three to advance. But there's also we could spend clues to get the key from August. And which key is it? I'm going to roll a die. Uh, they're in a pile of four. So it's an eight-sided die. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And I rolled one. The top key is 
the Elder Thing key. Well, that is handy. It's handy for two reasons. The first is that the Lodge Catacombs is locked, and I can only enter there if I control at least one key, any of the four. But also the Vault is locked, and I cannot enter the Vault unless I control the Elder Thing key, which August has. So if I could get these off August, I could get into the Vault, which would be nice. I think what I do next is head into the library because I believe I can make some big money there. So second action, I walk into the library. It's adjacent to the lounge. A narrow, windowless hallway slopes upward from the lounge, leading you to a tall wooden door. It's six shroud and one clue. While you're investigating the library, if you control the tablet key, the library gets minus three shroud. Even the lodge's library is arranged to showcase the organization's wealth and power. There are hundreds of books among the room's tall, cramped shelves. And I'll pay two to play Working a Hunch and buy this clue. And then I'll play Crack the Case straight away. It's Shroud 6, so I make six resources. So essentially netting four and taking me up to seven resources. Well, that's quite the burst. Between Renfield and Working a Hunch, feeling kind of nice there. And then last action, I don't want to play Knowledge's Power or Storm of Spirits. I don't want to draw Rook, so I'm just going to move back to August Linguist's location. In upkeep, I draw Rook, and the next card is another Renfield. Well, the versatile is paying off, and I go up to eight resources. And we go up to three Doom. Our encounter card is Beneath the Lodge. It's a scheme. If we control at least one key, it gains peril and plus one difficulty, and it has a revelation effect, test intellect three. For each point I fail by, I must either lose one clue or take one horror. Well, I'll tap Renfield and take a resource in the player window of the test. I'm up to nine. I don't think I add another doom, but I might kill him if I fail this. Five on three. Minus one. I feel like this turn, I'm, I'm not building too much of a board, but we have Shriveling. I could go crazy and play Rook, tap Rook for nine, maybe kill whatever I reveal, if it's the Hound, I mean, or deal with something else, and then start investigating. Like, I could basically set up a bit more, or I could just investigate twice and get this clue off August. The advantage for just investigating now is... If there's anything that stops me getting clues, I could just avoid that. But I also want to be in a position where once I get keys, I move fairly swiftly. So I think I play it safe and do the setup turn. As a result, maybe I should have gone up to two Doom on Renfield. It's just a case of when you're recording, you kind of only do whatever's right in front of you so you don't get too far ahead of yourself and forget things. I could retcon and say I put two Doom on him. I'm not going to do that. The other option is I just draw some cards and I leave Renfield. I have other ways of killing him, like playing Rook later. Yeah, I mean, maybe I just keep going for the value out of Renfield. So I'll just investigate five on two. Skull, that's minus zero. Five on two again. Elder Sign. Ooh. So Elder Sign, I can swap a card on the top of my deck. I could put... Rook on the top of my deck and play Rook last action, clearing Renfield and getting Rook at a discount. I'm going to do that. So that gives me, if the next card is an enemy, I'm taking a hit. Is it worth the gamble? Either way, I'm getting the clue. 
Hmm. Listening as I prepared to release the most recent episode, I can trace the times when I ran into trouble with pushing my luck. When I delved in secret name, it was a gamble and it didn't pay off. And in Wages of Sin, I didn't gamble as much, but similarly, the times when I tried to push it were normally the times when it failed. So I'm pausing here and thinking, I've got one action left. I will put Rook on the top of my deck. It doesn't matter too much. I don't need a bigger boost. So putting Rook there gives me a plus three to that test. So then I'd be eight on two. Leaving Renfield there, I'm seven on two. It, it doesn't matter. Last action, I could take this key from August. I do have the three clues now to advance as well, which I don't think I do yet. But if I take it, I'm then going into Mythos with a key. And I'd quite like to maybe first action next turn, take the key and start moving on. So that's where I'm thinking, what do I do with my last action? Do I just gamble and pay two? And I think I do. It, it is a gamble, but I'm hoping it'll pay off simply that we don't see anything bad here. Top card is Astounding Revelation. Ooh, okay. It's still my turn, and it's basically the player window at the end of the turn. So if I tap Rook now and search nine, I have knowledge as power in hand, so I could kill, still kill the Hound fast. So I'm going to go for it. Tap Rook, search nine. I'm definitely hitting that Astounding Revelation. 13th Vision, Black Book. Split the Angle, Mr. Rook. Crystalline Elder Sign. Shortcut, Banish, and Premonition. Okay, so I have to draw the 13th Vision, so my stats are reduced. I see Astounding Revelation, and I'll put another secret on Rook for that one, because I'm doing well for resources. And I think I take that Crystalline Elder Sign. It's a choice between that and the Black Book, and the Elder Sign obviously buffs everything. So I'll take that. Well, that's kind of a cool end to the turn. I think overall the gamble paid off, unless 13th Vision proves to be punishing now in Mythos. This sets me up next turn to parlay, head into the Vault, because I'll have the right key and interact in the Vault. Or maybe parlay, play Crystalline Elder Sign. Top card of my deck is... Mind over matter. Cards ready. We go into upkeep. There's no enemy phase. And I draw that mind over matter and reveal working a hunch. <laughs> we hit three doom because the doom on Renfield is gone. And our encounter card is Knight of the Outer Void. Oh, beautiful art. Three fight. Three health. Four evade. Spawn. Any location connected to yours. So the vault, the library, or the lobby, aloof, peril, and retaliate. So it doesn't engage us. I can't discuss it with you, and it would retaliate if I try and attack it. Revelation. After Knight of the Outer Void spawns, place either one or two doom on it, which would take us to four or five doom of eight. Action parlay. Test willpower or intellect four, if you succeed, take control of one Doom on Knight of the Outer Void and flip it to its clue side. If you fail, Knight of the Outer Void attacks you. So if I were to do the Intellect test and I'd played Crystalline Elder Sign, I'd be two up, but I'd want to clear 13th Vision first. And it's not going to hunt for me. It's just how quickly I can get to him. I think I play it safe and go with one Doom here because I'm thinking this turn I clear 13th Vision and play... Crystalline Elder Sign, pretty simple turn. And next turn, I get the key from August Lindquist, head into the vault. Maybe we put the Knight of Outer Void in the vault, 
because we're going to go in there anyway. And once we've cleared him, he's sort of out of the way. Let's do that. We'll put it in the vault. First two actions, clear 13th vision. Last action, play the Crystalline Elder Sign for three. I'm not always a fan of clearing 13th vision, but... Wow, I nearly sealed the Elder Sign then. Where's that plus one? I just did it as a, a reflex. I saw it. But yeah, uh, because my stats aren't crazy high, I think getting rid of it is good. And do I tap Rook now? I think I'm happy to just have Working Hunch come into my hand for now. So yeah, that's the end of the turn. Knight of the Outfoy doesn't hunt, so I draw Working Hunch, and the next card is Eureka. Good target to tap. I go up to six resources, and we hit five Doom, four on the agenda, and one on Knight of the Outer Void. My encounter card is Lodge Neophyte. Three fight, one health, two evade. Spawn any empty location. Aloof. After it enters play, put a Doom on it, and there's a Parlay Willpower 2 to remove all Doom from the Lodge Neophyte. Well, I put that in the lobby for sure, and I definitely want to go and get the Doom off the Knight of the Outer Void this turn, if I can. How are we going to do it? First action, spend two clues to parlay August Linquist, taking a horror, which I'll put on Mr. Rook, getting us the Elder Thing key. Tap Mr. Rook in the player window and search nine. Eureka, Eureka, premonition. Knowledge is power, astounding revelation, astounding revelation. Hawkeye folding camera, banish, deduction. I was hoping for a shortcut here to shortcut in. I think instead, I mean, I could take the premonition and see what, what token is coming up next. I could take the camera. could even just take the Eureka. That would make me a 5, 6, 7 on 3 parlaying. I'll take the premonition. I think it's better to know what's coming up and boost accordingly. And one of those astounding revelations triggers, so there's only one left in the deck. I'm on six resources, and I think that means I put a secret then on Rook. I'm in a nice place resources-wise. The last one maybe I would convert into resources, but at the moment, picking the cards I need and targeting the Hound is really where I want to be. Top card of my deck is an Astounding Revelation. Oh, that's a shame I didn't take the Eureka then. And I play down the Premonition and see what's coming next. It's a zero. This is all in the player window after action one. Action two, I walk into the vault. A heavy wooden door with an iron barred window appears to lead into a small vault. It is sealed shut from prying eyes. It's four shroud and a clue. After it's revealed, place one random set-aside key on it. Well, I've got a six-sided die here. One, two is the top, three, four middle, and five, six bottom. I've rolled a one, it's a cultist. This simple, unadorned room contains many shelves and filing cabinets where important documents and records pertaining to the lodge are kept. A small combination safe hides in a corner of the room. You wonder what secrets you could uncover here if you had more time. That was second action move in. I will parlay third action using intellect, which gets me this clue, because I draw the zero from premonition and I am a six against four. Thank you, premonition. Now I could, working a hunch and free trigger, get the key here. But I think, again, better to grab a key and then move on than have a key going into mythos. So I'm just going to leave it. Enemy phase. Neither the Lodge Neophyte up in the lobby, 
nor the Knight of the Outer Void, who's here with me in the vault, does anything. Upkeep, I do draw that astounding revelation, unfortunately, and I reveal Ward of Protection level 2 on the top of my deck. I can pay that, play that for free if I want. I also go up to 7 resources. We hit 6 Doom because of the Lodge Neophyte. Let me just check my timing is right. If I get there and parlay, we'll be fine. Yeah. And my encounter card is Ancient Evils. <laughs> I, I thought that this would come up. So I'm going to play Water Protection off the top of my deck for free. I take a Horror, which I'll put on me. I'll cancel Ancient Evils. And I reveal the top card of my deck, which is a shortcut. Can't play that now this turn because I've just used the power of the top of my deck. When I first started playing Norman, I played him in multiplayer. And I used to love having cancellation on the top of the deck because everyone could see it. And it just made Norman so powerful in Mythos that you have this water protection lined up, ready to snipe a card for someone. So yeah, really good. So I think what I do here is we just push on. So I pay two for working a hunch and buy this clue. I could investigate. You know, I'm too up investigating. But because I have the hunch, I think I just go for it and buy. And then as a free trigger, if a key is on a location with no clues, you can pick it up. So I'll grab that key. And I'm on three clues now. So I am able to advance if I want to. I think first action I'll move to the lounge. Second action I'll move to the lobby. And then I'll parlay with the lodge near fight. Although I do have my whole turn still available, so maybe I advance first, and if that changes things slightly, maybe there's another cultist to deal with or something. Again, <laughs> struggling to remember. So I'll spend my three clues. The initiation. Ah, it's you. You're approached by a member of the lodge whom you recognise, one of Carl Sanford's bodyguards from your previous meeting with the president. I regret to inform you that Mr. Sanford and the other members of the Lodge are busy with an important task at the moment. I would suggest you come back at a later time. You tell the man that your task is important and offer to help him in return for a meeting with Mr. Sanford. He considers you for a moment, then nods. All right, we are attempting to open a device which we believe will help us bind the Revenant you encountered earlier. You'll want to speak with Nathan Wick if you want to help. You will find him in the library upstairs. You thank him and turn to leave, but he grabs your arm and stops you, adding one final warning. You should know that we intend to open this device at any cost. If you cannot stomach the consequences once again, I suggest you leave. If the library is not in play, put it in play, it is, and spawn the set-aside Nathan Wick enemy in the library, Master of Initiation side, face up. Attach the set-aside puzzle box story asset to him. Let's take a look at Nathan Wick. As the Master of Initiation, he has 3 Fight, 5 Health, and 4 Evade. He's Humanoid, Cultist, Silver Twilight, and Elite. He has Retaliate and a Parlay action. Test Willpower 3 to persuade Nathan to let you find another option. If you succeed, place one resource on Nathan. Then, if there are one per Investigator resources on him, add him to the victory display. If you fail, Nathan attacks you. One victory point. Act 2A. Obtaining the device. Whatever the Lodge is planning, it involves a device they will do anything to open. It seems a Lodge member by the name of Nathan Wick holds the device at the moment. One way or another, you have to get your hands on it. Objective. If Nathan Wick is added to the victory display by any means, 
choose an investigator to take control of the attached puzzle box and advance. My hand, after five turns, Renfield, and then four events, Storm of Spirits, Knowledge is Power, Mind over Matter, Astounding Revelation. I've got Rook with three secrets in play because I've charged him twice with Astounding Revelation. I've got a fully charged Shriveling and a Crystalline Elder Sign, Ceiling, plus one. So I'd be two up with this parlay if I went and did that. I could throw a Storm of Spirits and be three up. I could even tap Rook now and hope to grab another Premonition or some more Willpower icons. So again, before the first action even begins, I'll tap Rook, nine. I see Shortcut, Eureka, Mind Over Matter, Premonition, Deduction, The Black Book, Ethereal Form, Shortcut, Banish. Do we go with the Premonition or do we go with the Black Book, which then sets us up for the rest of the game? If we go with the Black Book, we don't deal with Nathan this turn, because the turn would be move, move, with two away from the library in the vault. Parlay. If we reveal a Premonition and it's a minus three or better, we can throw in that Storm of Spirits to pass. If it's anything worse than that, so a minus four, maybe the cultist, or a, a tentacle, then we can't do anything this turn. I think we gamble with the premonition and do that. Hey, it's the gambling again. And let's see what we reveal, because if we reveal the hound now, we're maybe busy dealing with the hound, although we, we do have a shriveling. Deck starting to thin out nicely. Rook has been performing pretty admirably, I'd say. And the top card of our deck is Knowledge is Power. We've got to remember that we used Water Protection this turn, so our ability is gone. And Premonition sees minus three. I think we do it. First action move. Second action move. Third action parlay. We're a four, five with the Crystalline Elder sign. Six if we commit this Storm of Spirits. I'm hoping getting rid of the Storm rather than the Knowledge's Power is the right play given most of the enemies we want to parlay. That means we pass, Nathan is added to the victory display, and we take control of the puzzle box. The puzzle box is a mysterious device. It says, forced, when you're defeated, give control of the puzzle box to another investigator. Bit strange. And as an action, I can unlight a brazier at my location, exhaust the spectral watcher, or deal five damage to the spectral watcher if it is exhausted. This action does not provoke a tax opportunity from the Spectral Watcher. Group limit once per game. That's strange. Does that mean the Spectral Watcher is turning up in the lodge? A little bit nervous there. But we've got control of it, so let's advance again. Powerful turn this turn. If you advanced by parlaying Nathan Wick. All right, listen, Nathan explains quietly. Truth is, there probably is a safer way for us to open the device. This building holds many secrets, more than you could possibly know. But time is running thin, and Mr. Sanford wants it open by midnight. If you can open it before then, great. If not, well. If I were you, I wouldn't be around it when we try to force it open. He hands you the device and walks away, leaving you in silence. Enemy phase, nothing happens. Upkeep. Rook readies. We draw the knowledge's power and reveal an ethereal form, and we go up to six resources. But have not read us Act 3A the four keys. The device is nothing more than a locked puzzle box, just about large enough to hold a pair of shoes. The diagram on its surface depicts a broken pattern which can be manipulated to no apparent end, and there does not appear to be a keyhole of any kind. 
Objective. If investigators at the same location control the puzzle box, the skull key, the cultist key, the tablet key, and the elder thing key, advance. We go up to six doom on the agenda and one on the lodge near fight. Well, I think I know what I'd like to do this turn. And our encounter card is ancient evils. Oh, well, that is a shame. No cancels in hand. Nothing I can do. Double ancient evil smackdown is meaning that we hit eight doom. So the doom on the lodge near fight is removed and we advance. Meeting of minds. As you explore the building, you almost wander into a heated debate between several members of the lodge in a nearby hallway. Seeing an opportunity to learn more, you hide and eavesdrop on the conversation. Mr. Sanford's orders are to complete the Geist trap at any cost, one of them says firmly. If that means we must put lives in danger, so be it. The good of the many outweigh the good of the few. You know this. Another member, a woman, pounds her fist on the wall. No! Our first resort cannot be to spill blood. There must be another way. There is no time, the other responds, and there is a murmur of agreement among the rest. It is clear you do not have the will to proceed. Take her away. We will make her see for herself the sacrifices that must be made for the greater good. The greater good. No! You can't do this, the woman yells. You wince as her screams echo down the corridor. What are they planning to do? Well, what exactly? The thing I'm impressed about is Norman's managed to eavesdrop with his one agility. Great effort. Discard the top five cards of the encounter deck. In player order, each investigator must draw a cultist enemy discarded in this way. Locked door. Centuries of secrets. Mysterious chanting. Lodge neophyte. Lodge neophyte. Well, I will take one of the lodge neophytes. I think I put it in the lounge and I could walk in, parlay it and then head up to the lobby, because I think I'm heading towards the cellar now. That seems pretty efficient. Maybe before I go, I tap Rook for nine, just because I can. Yes. Ethereal form, deduction, Mists of Rulier, Eureka, split the angle, shortcut, Eureka, shriveling, shortcut. Hmm. Tempted by a Eureka, always nice. A shortcut could be really good here now, though. Just keep pushing on. Shriveling all mists to set up even more would be nice. We do have four charges on our shriveling and the knowledge is power in hand. I'm going to take the shortcut. This game, when I've been shuffling my deck, I've been thinking hound, hound, every time. Just thinking, is the hound coming? You know, it's not just in the search that you have a chance of hitting the hound. It's also whenever you finish searching and you reveal the top card. Kind of freaky. I could take mists and play mists and be sort of more set up, but again, my main goal is just pushing on, and I don't know if evading enemies necessarily is vital. There might be other enemies that aren't aloof, in which case we'll be in a bit of trouble. But we'll just we'll just shoot magic and fight our way through. Top card is mind over matter. Okay, so first action we move to the lodge near fight. Second action we parlay. We're a five. On two. Cultist, that's a minus two and reveal another token. Oh, come on. And tentacle, wow. And set a third action, we'll parlay again. Skull, that's a minus one. And the doom is removed. Enemy phase, nothing happens. Upkeep, rook readies, we're down to one secret on rook. And we draw that mind over matter and reveal storm of spirits. We got up to seven resources. Our hand, 
Mind over matter, knowledge is power, astounding revelation. Second mind over matter, second knowledge is power, shortcut, and David Renfield. We hit one doom of ten. And our encounter card is, wow, ancient evils. Nothing I can do to cancel that. Wow. We saw two ancient evils in a row, then skipped five cards, and then saw another ancient evils. Mean. Okay, first action, we move to the lobby. Second action, we move to the lodge cellar. We're finally getting into the second branch of the lodge. Several locked windows along the basement level of the manor reveal the dark cellar within. It's three shroud and a clue. After it's revealed, put a random set-aside key on it. One, two, three, the top card. Four, five, six, the bottom. Five, it is the tablet key. Top card, I meant top key. The cellar of the lodge contains only a large wine rack and several unmarked barrels. A heavy steel door bars your passage deeper into the basement. You almost don't want to know what lies beyond it. Almost. Last action we investigate. We're a six on three. Elder thing, that's a minus three. If we fail, move a doom onto the agenda. We don't fail, so we get the clue. I won't use the free trigger to pick up the key yet. I'll do it at the start of next round. Do we use Rook for our last one? No, we'll do that next round. So we draw Storm of Spirits, and the next card is a deduction. It's pretty good. Got to eight resources. We're at eight cards in hand now. We should start using some cards. And we're also on three Doom of Ten. Our encounter card is Mark of the Order. Yes, I called it right, I think. Surge, and then Revelation. Check which investigator controls each key. So I control the Cultist and the Elder Thing keys. With the Skull Key, you take a damage. Don't have the Skull Key. With the Cultist Key, you take a Horror. So we're taking a Horror. I'll put it on me. I'm now at two of eight. The Tablet Key, you discard two random cards from hand. Don't have the Tablet Key. And with the Elder Thing, you lose three resources. So that wipes me back down to five. Pretty mean. I'm glad I didn't lose two cards as well. And that surges into Expulsion. If there are no Cultist enemies in play, Expulsion gains Surge. Otherwise, the nearest cultist enemy readies, moves, until it reaches your location, engages you, and makes an immediate attack. So the lodge neophyte in the lobby runs over and hits us, taking us up to three of eight horror. Then place each key you control on that enemy. So on to the lodge neophyte they go. You meanie! Well, something tells me we need to kill the lodge neophyte. How do we want to do it, though? We could just shrivel. We could tap Rook and look now. Potentially shrivel the Hound and shrivel the Lodge Neophyte. We do have a Storm of Spirits in play. And if things went badly, Rook would be empty and we could put the damage on Rook. I kind of like that. I'm going to tap Rook and search 9. Deduction, Mists, Hawkeye Folding Camera, Black Book, Shortcut, Vengeful Hound. So out it comes. Split the Angle. Hawkeye Folding Camera, Banish. Hmm. I'm actually tempted to grab this deduction. It's one fewer skill in our deck, and I think there's a two per location coming up for clues. So I'm going to take that. I'm going to try and wipe out both of these with one Storm of Spirits first action. If I miss the Storm of Spirits, I do have two Knowledge's Power in hand, so I could potentially, for no actions, still kill them both. But I think storming them for one action with the safety net of Rook to soak the damage is pretty good. So I spend three. I'm down to two resources all of a sudden. 
I'm at five, six, seven, attacking the ventral hound, seven on two. Elder thing, that's minus three, so I pass, but I take two damage, so I'm going to kill Rook. Kills the hound, kills the neophyte, which gets me the two clues, and as a free trigger, I'm going to grab the tablet key that was here as well. All for one action. Not too bad. Do I put Renfield down right away so I have someone? Oh, I forgot to reveal the top card of my deck. Ooh, it's shortcut. Well, I'm going to lose cards shortly from hand. So I'm going to play the shortcut in my hand to move me into the Lodge Catacombs. We only need one more key. The door to the Lodge Catacombs is locked. You cannot enter unless you control at least one key. A windowless steel door blocks your way into parts unknown. You get the feeling this basement is much larger than it appears. It's four shroud, no clues. When it's revealed, we put the set-aside inner sanctum and each of the set-aside sanctum doorway locations into play. Beyond the steel door, torchlit stone halls lead deeper underground. Compared to the polished wood upstairs, this area feels grimy and unclean. What the hell is this place? So we've got two sanctum doorways in the inner sanctum. The door to the inner sanctum is locked. You cannot enter unless you control the cultist key. We do. We just need that skull key. I think we, second action, head into one of these sanctum doorways. Get exploring. In we go. It's one shroud and one clue. It's the holding cells. After it's revealed, search the encounter deck and discard pile for a cultist enemy and spawn it in the holding cells. Well, if we were to grab this lodge jailer, two fight, three health, and three evade, we could spawn it there. And when it enters play, it would get two doom and one random set-aside key. And as a parlay action, we can test intellect to get rid of the doom or take the key. I think let's do that. Two doom on it. And the final key, which is the skull key. This isn't a victory point location, so we don't need this clue. But we do want to get rid of that doom pretty promptly. So our first action was Storm of Spirits. Our second action was Shortcut and then Move in here. Our third action, we're a six on three parlaying. Maybe we start trying to remove some of this doom. Even if we remove one, that's a good option. So I'll commit an astounding revelation to be seven on three parlaying. Or do we just push here and I go for the key and I play the shortcut off the top of my deck to bring me back to the Lodge Catacombs? We'd be at five doom. No, I think it's still worth getting rid of doom. Seven on three. Cultist minus two into skull. Highest number of doom on play is the jailer. So that's minus four total. We get rid of a doom. Phew. It's worth committing astounding revelation. Whew. And we take a breath. The lodge jailer is aloof, doesn't hunt. The Knight of the Outer Void and the Lodge Neophyte don't do anything. In upkeep, we draw the shortcut and reveal a Hawkeye folding camera. We go up to three resources. So our hand is Deduction, Renfield, Two Knowledge is Power, Two Mind Over Matter, and a shortcut. And we hit five Doom of ten. We've got one Doom here on the Jailer and the Skull Key. Our encounter card is Call to Order. Find the two topmost cultist enemies in the encounter discard pile and spawn them in the empty location with the most remaining clues. So that would be, ooh, the empty location with the most remaining clues. Empty locations all have zero clues at the moment. The topmost two are the lodge, two lodge neophytes. 
So I'll spawn them both in the lodge catacombs. They're aloof, so they're not going to be blocking me. It's more just if I want to move in there and shut down their doom. So we're on four doom on the agenda, five, six, seven. We're running short on time, and we should try and get this key from the lodge jailer. So I could parlay once and clear the doom from him, parlay twice and get the key, shortcut into the lodge catacombs where the two lodge neophytes are, and parlay once again there to... Oh, if we control all four keys, we just advance. I want to come back here and do this if I want to go XP hunting. So if I move twice to the other sanctum doorway, I could then investigate and shortcut back out last action. Are we still safe? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, I think so. So move, move into the other sanctum doorway. It's three shroud and two clues. When the round ends, each investigator and each ally asset in the ceremony room takes one direct horror. Cancel this effect if an investigator controls the skull key. We don't. At the centre of this room lies an ornately carved stone altar. Blood drains from the altar through a series of channels in the mosaic floor. Grim. And we'll investigate. I'll commit this deduction to make us a seven on three. And this Renfield, just in case I got to minus five. Eight on three. Minus two, I get both clues, and that's victory two. And I'll play the shortcut from hand, pulling me back up to the catacombs where the lodge neophytes are. Upkeep draws me the Hawkeye folding camera and reveals shriveling. Got up to four resources. And then we go up to five doom on the agenda, plus three is eight doom. And we reveal a locked door, which blocks the solitary clue in the holding cells. I think I try and clear some lodge neophytes. I'm three up clearing. If I clear two, I'm fine. So right, three up. Let's try. Minus three. That's one doom gone. Minus one. That's a second doom gone. We're now at six of ten doom. And last action, we move to the inner sanctum. At the end of the catacombs lies a set of iron doors adorned with the symbols of the Silver Twilight Lodge, three arrows pointed upwards. Unsurprisingly, the doors are locked tight. It's four shroud and one clue, and after it's revealed, place one random set-aside key on it. Uh, there aren't any. At the far end of this room, a podium stands atop a wooden platform. Several rows of plush seats face the stage. You've never heard of a meeting room like this within the lodge. This must be a place for only the most dedicated and trusted members. Well, <laughs> there's no VP here. So last action, I'm just... Oh no, I don't have any actions left. So next turn, hopefully, I will move twice to the Lodge Jailer in the holding cells and finish the scenario. Upkeep, I draw a shriveling and reveal a mists. We're at five clues. We go up to seven doom. And our encounter card is Mysteries of the Lodge. Place one doom on the nearest cultist enemy. That's the Lodge Neophyte. And then, until the end of the round, increase the difficulty to fight, evade, or parlay with that enemy by two. Okay, not not too bad. First action move, second action move. We're a six on three parlaying. I'll commit both knowledge's powers to be eight on three. Luckily, that's not the cultist that got the doom. Eight on three. Cultist, minus two, reveal another token. Eight on three. Skull. Skulls are minus one at the moment, so that's a minus three total. 
which means we take the skull key and we're at the same location, we control all four keys, so we advance, opening the box. Though the box itself seems to fight you at every turn, with all four key components in your possession, you finally manage to piece together how to open the contraption. First, you twist and contort the box's many mechanical devices until the image on the lid lines up perfectly with the diagram in your possession, the tablet. Next, you chant the Latin incantation inscribed on the small wooden plaque you found, the cultist. It takes a few tries to get it right, but eventually you hear a click as the surface of the wooden container shifts and changes. A round indentation has appeared on the side of the box, matching the size of your mysterious black onyx coin, the elder thing you bought from August Lindquist. As soon as you place the coin inside, another wooden panel opens on the other side, revealing a keyhole. Finally, you insert the key of bone, which we've just taken from the lodge jailer, into the keyhole and turn it. The lid begins to open, and suddenly the entirety of the room is engulfed in a rush of air as all light, colour, sound and matter is sucked into the box. Check the campaign log. If the investigators are members of the lodge, we are, members in air quotes maybe, resolution one. Phew wee, okay. Didn't really feel threatened at all in that scenario. I've just had a sudden thought. We searched our deck five times. Did we ever see emergency aid? It's their third from last card in the deck. We shuffled the deck five times. So it's in there. We were on three damage, so it was a little bit scary. But yeah, it was all right. How much VP have we got? Two for the ceremony room. Three, four for the vault and library. I think that's it. Yeah. Oh, no, five for Nathan. That's not too bad. Good, good effort. Maybe deny five now. Could be useful. Right, well, stay tuned. I'm going to put that resolution in and move on to the next scenario. And I'm back again. Here we go. Union Disillusion. Agenda 1A. The Lovers. 6. You are at a crossroads. Reflect on the choices you have made. You shall be confronted with a terrible dilemma. 8. Doom. Bad news. Three heretics were unleashed unto Arkham, which means there's already three doom there. Act 1A. The Unvisited Isle. The foggy shores of the Unvisited Isle are barren and unwelcome. Not a soul greets you as you draw closer to the island, save for the judging gaze of the ghostly birds that observe you from the trees. In the distance, the pillar of spectral energy is rising into the clouds, a vortex of otherworldly mist spiralling about it. We need three clues. Skulls are minus two. If this is a skill test during a circle action, reveal another token. So a bit like cultists in the previous scenario, you can have that spike from minus two to minus five or six. Cultists are minus three. If you have no damage on you, take one damage. If you have no horror on you, take one horror. I mean, at least we have two physical trauma, but still kind of nasty. Doesn't care if you fail or not. And then elder things, minus three. If this is a skill test during a circle action and you fail... Resolve each haunted ability on your location. We begin play at the Miskatonic River, 
Your boat sways gently along the current of the rippling water. The river is deep and dark, and you find yourself suddenly wondering how many bodies might lie forgotten along the riverbed, never to be seen again. It's five shroud and no clues. Despite the urgency of your task, you find yourself rowing quietly, as though trying to avoid disturbing the river. And there's a resign action here. You take your rowboat back to the shores of the Miskatonic River, leaving the mysterious island behind. And the moment of truth is upon us. Norman has been inducted into the inner circle of the lodge. He felt like he wanted to see how far the rabbit hole went. And with every step, with everything he came across in the lodge, he knew that they were up to no good and he wanted to get to the bottom of it. So he's done as much. And he finds himself now at the unvisited isle and decided, well, enough was enough. And he would side with the coven. Whatever it is Carl Sanford's doing, he doesn't believe in it and can't back it any further. And that means that we can't enter certain locations while braziers are unlit. No, while braziers are lit. We cannot enter locations unless the brazier at the Forbidden Shore is unlit. Yeah, because we sided with the coven. Better get that straight now before we get things wrong. This can be a really challenging scenario. Some really steep, stiff skill tests. Mind over matter is going to be important for that, as is building up my mental stats using Black Book, Hawkeye Folding Camera early to get it charged up, and Crystalline Elder Sign. There are also plenty of enemies, so I've got to think about enemy management. And we've lost three turns because of those heretics, so we need to be on our toes for progress. There's only two agendas. Let's look at our opening hand. Knowledge is power. Shortcut. Eureka. Banish. And working a hunch. Hmm. Not a particularly good hand. Do I just keep the banish as hound tech and chuck everything else? I think I definitely chuck the shortcut and the hunch. I'll need them later, but I've got to use my mulligan to build assets. So I think the same goes for Eureka. The question is, I mean, I could just chuck this entire hand. I'm not so wild about the banish as an early hound tech because I've not got anywhere to banish it to that I don't want to then go to. I'll chuck the knowledge's power as well. I'm just keeping the banish. Shortcut, Ward of Protection, Eureka, David Renfield. Perhaps the worst opening hand I've had so far in this campaign. Hopefully we can top deck into something really nice here. You know, a cheeky rook, black book, cheeky crystalline up there on the top of the deck. That would be nice. Cheeky shriveling. Just get shriveling down for cheap. And the top card is... Mind over matter. Well, that's good to come into hand at least. I can kill Renfield with Ward, so I do have an option for play Renfield, tap him, move into the Forbidden Shore, start investigating. Let's do it. First action, play Renfield, tap him straight away. I'm at five willpower now and get a resource back. Second action, move down into the Forbidding Shore. There's just that location and then two unvisited R locations and that's it. As you land on the shore of the island, a flock of birds chatter from the treetops admonishing you for your trespass. You intrude nonetheless, ignoring the many warnings and indicators that you should turn away. It's three shroud and one clue. The circle action here is willpower or intellect three to find a brazier by the wooded trail. If you succeed, you may light or unlight the brazier. And the haunted effect here is lose an action or lose two resources. So last action, shall I just try and unlight this brazier? Maybe committing a eureka? And the reason I do the brazier rather than the clue is I'm thinking, if I happen to see Hawkeye folding camera, 
I'll then investigate next turn and get the clue trigger for the camera. Whereas if I've cleared this clue already, clearing the brazier won't do the same thing. So I'll do the circle action. I'll commit Eureka, which makes me a six intellect against three. Zero, pass. The brazier is unlit. Stop whatever the lodger playing at. And we look at the top three cards, which is Hawkeye folding camera, Eureka, and that mind over matter. Let's take the camera. I like it when a plan comes together. Slight risk now that we're shuffling our deck last action without any protection. But we've got to push. This this is definitely a scenario for taking some risks, simply because of that loss of three doom. If we keep steadily moving and building up our stats, we'll be all right. But we do need to keep doing that. Top card is a premonition. That's the end of our turn. Upkeep, we draw that premonition and reveal another Hawkeye folding camera. Wow, okay. We go up to five resources. We hit five doom because of Renfield. And our encounter card is a spectral raven. Two, two, two. Praise on the lowest intellect, which is us. Alert, hunter, and retaliate. Forced, after it engages you, you must either resolve each haunted ability on your location, which will be lose two resources or an action, or it gets plus two fight and plus two evade until the end of the investigation phase. If we were to banish this, we could evade it with willpower, and we would be a five against two, unless we don't trigger the haunted ability, and then we'd be a five against four. Ugh. I think we trigger the haunted ability and lose two resources. We tap Renfield straight away and gain a resource. We're back to four. And I think this turn the plan would be banish, play Hawkeye off the top, and get this clue. That would be the plan. So we pay two to banish. We evade. This is a non-elite enemy. This attempt uses willpower, so we're three up. Minus two, succeed. If you succeed, move the enemy just evaded to a location in play. We'll send it up to the river. We didn't reveal a special symbol, so it does ready this turn. But I'm still happy with that. Play the Hawkeye off the top for one second action, revealing working a hunch. Third action, investigate. We're five on three. Plus one, Whew. clue, and we put one resource on the Hawkeye folding camera. We're now willpower six. Do we shortcut away just because we can? I think we hold on to it. Upkeep Renfield readies and the Raven readies. We draw a working a hunch, and our next card is a knowledge's power. We go up to two resources, and we're on five doom on the agenda now, and one on Renfield. And our encounter card is... Shapes in the Mist, which would resolve the Haunted ability on our location. Do we just cancel this? Haunted abilities lose an action or two resources. Or we just lose the two resources and go broke, but then we can't cancel whatever the next card is. I think we lose the two resources. That's the Haunted ability. We hope that the next card has a player window. No, that doesn't work. There's no player window between cards surging, is there? There's just player window between player one's encounter card and player two's encounter card. And I'm wondering if we save the ward for killing Renfield, which is the current situation. So in which case, we just let this fire. Maybe we lose the action and keep the resources. 
and our next turn is probably going to be move investigate something like that so it fires we lose an action and our next encounter card is ancient evils so we pay one for water protection and cancel that and we'll take the horror on us we'll keep renfield for a turn that's worked out all right and we'll tap renfield straight away and go up to two resources we've got two actions this turn knowledge is power on the top of our deck we could play the other Hawkeye shortcut and investigate, and then both Hawkeyes would be filling up. Advantage of Hawkeye over Black Book is it's one cheaper. Disadvantage, obviously, you don't get the stat boosts straight away. But in this instance, it's early. So I think we do go broke, pay two, play our shortcut to move into one of these unvisited aisles. Spectral Mist blocks the way. If we sided with the Coven, you cannot enter this location unless the brazier at the Forbidding Shore is unlit, which it is. So we move in. I'm going to the right-hand one. It's the Standing Stones. It's three Shroud and two Clues. The circle test here is Willpower and Intellect. Ten to examine the brazier in front of the Standing Stone. If you succeed, you may light or unlight the brazier. And the Haunted effect is until the end of the round increase the difficulty of each skill test during a circle action by two. We're currently willpower four, five, six, and intellect five. So we're one up on that circle, but I think we investigate instead with three up. No, we're two up. Minus one, clue. So we just need one clue from here and we'll then charge up both cameras. The raven hunts towards us. We draw knowledge as power, and the top card of our deck is Astounding Revelation. We go up to one resource. We have an issue with that raven, for sure. And we also go up to six, seven doom with Renfield. Now, if we're not going to clear Renfield this turn, as in kill him, we could tap him up to two and get more resources. We could plan to take the hit from the Spectral Raven this turn from him. And if that's the case, that would kill Renfield anyway, we'd still boost. Let's draw an encounter card and see what happens. It's Whispers in the Dark. Each location gains Haunted, Take a Horror, and it goes away at the end of the round. Hmm. So what are our options for this Raven? We're on one resource. We have in hand a Premonition, a Working, a Hunch, and a Knowledge's Power. None of those will help us. And we have Astounding Revelation coming up on our deck. We are in a pickle, for sure. Not really any of our setup in position. I'm pausing and checking. Have I gone astray? Have I missed something that I should have been thinking about? I don't think so. This turn, if we let the Raven hit Renfield, it saves us two turns. So that means I'll tap Renfield now. I'll go up to two Doom on Renfield, which gets me two resources. We're up to three. And then the question is, do we investigate here, move to the other invisited aisle, investigate there? We could also premonition here investigate do other things or alternative we start drawing cards we've only got three cards in hand the raven's coming anyway we're not in a great place to beat a five on three here i don't want to play pay for working a hunch now just to go broke again so first action i draw astounding revelation and reveal mr rook hmm okay that's a lot better i could Play Rook for two, bumping off Renfield. Still take the hit from the Raven on Rook. It could wait, knowing I'll have that in hand, but then I need to be able to deal with... Yeah, so I think second action, I pay two and play Mr. Rook. That discards Renfield. Glad I got the two resources out of him. 
and it reveals the vengeful hound, which engages me. And while it's engaged with me, I cannot draw or reveal cards via player card effects. This is going to get bad fast. What is my plan for dealing with the hound? Long pauses, I think. I could just start punching the hound. I'm two on two. Last action punch. I could draw and just take an attack opportunity. I don't want that. I've only got one resource. I've got no cards that will help me. Two on two. Plus one. <laughs> Damage. Okay. Enemy phase. The raven hunts in and engages me. So I have to resolve the Haunted ability on my location or give it plus two, plus two. I'll resolve the Haunted until the end of the round. The difficulty of each skill test has gone up by two. That's okay. And then I get hit for two damage and two horror. So I'll put one and one on Rook and one and one on me. I'm on three damage and two horror. Upkeep, I draw a card. While Vengeful Hound is engaged with me, I cannot draw or reveal cards via player card effects. So I couldn't draw cards with Rook. I can still draw cards I believe just through framework effects it's the crystalline elder sign and I go up to two resources we hit seven doom and our encounter card is obscuring fog which attaches to this location positive that's not so bad now I want to just punch the hound because if I punch the hound and kill it I reveal the top card of my deck and maybe I can do something to get away from the raven two on two Hmm. Do I go Premonition now? And if it's a minus one, I can at least throw in the Crystalline Elder sign. Let's do it. Premonition. It's a Cultist, which is going to be a minus three. So first action, I punch and I miss. Doesn't have Retaliate. And I was punching the Hound, so the Spectral Raven doesn't retaliate against me. Second action, punch. Minus two. Third action punch. Elder thing, it's minus three. Fail. I take two damage from the hound, taking up to five. Uh, so one damage from the hound, and I take one horror as well. And then likewise for the spectral raven, taking me up to four of eight and five of six. In upkeep, I draw mind over matter. Okay, and go up to three resources. And we hit 8 Doom. Well, this first agenda has been a bit of a wash. Let's see what happens. The mist obscures the moon, plunging the woods into darkness. A flock of birds suddenly scatter from the treetops. I realised I've missed taking a horror from the haunted effect of Whispers in the Dark when the Spectral Raven moved in. But I could have just given the Spectral Raven plus 2, plus 2. And then I wouldn't have triggered either haunted effect. I'd be one horror. So I'm just going to wreck on that rather cheekily. I saw I'd put it to one side. Check the missing person section of the campaign log. If at least one character was taken by the watcher, read the following. Well, we only have Penny and she was pulled into the spectral realm. So we get to ignore this. So we don't boost up the spectral watcher, which is nice. Our encounter card is Crypt Chill. We are a five against four. I guess we can discard the empty camera if needs be. Minus four, empty camera goes. We'll play Mind Over Matter. We're now fighting at a five. 
and we'll punch the hound five on two. Minus one, dead hound, which reveals the top card of our deck. It's emergency aid. We'll tap rook, search nine, aid, puzzle box, deduction, deny existence, shriveling, split the angle, knowledge is power, premonition, shriveling. If we take the shriveling into hand, we can use the knowledge is in power in hand to kill this spectral raven, and then we've still got an action left. Let's do that. And we'll hope we get something good on the top of the deck for the final action, like the other shriveling. That would be good. Part of me is like, this is done. This scenario is a wash. We've taken too much damage, too much horror. We've not made enough progress. And another part of me is thinking, just hold on. You know, uh, if we can get over this hump, we do still have 10 turns left now on the agenda, or nine turns. And we know that Norman can become a bit of a death ball when he gets rolling. So let's just, let's not give up hope yet. Maybe that's too optimistic of me, but let's see. Top card of the deck is deduction. Okay, as a free trigger, I reveal knowledge's power in my hand. Choose a spell in my hand, shriveling, and I'll try and shrivel the raven. And seven on two. Minus four, that is a kill. That didn't take an action either, so we just punched the hound. That's all we've done so far in terms of actions. I am tempted to take a resource and play the shriveling in my hand for my other two. And at least then that's some protection if we draw more enemies. It means I'm broke, but I can start thinking of ways to deal with that. Maybe we build up stats more and come back and beat the standing stones which have an obscuring fog on them. Upkeep, we draw that deduction and reveal Storm of Spirits. Where were you a few turns ago? And we go up to one resource. We hit one doom and our encounter card is Terror in the Night. Well, we are a willpower five against this difficulty of four. Nothing I can commit. Elder Sign. Definitely swapping Crystalline Elder Sign onto the top of the deck for a plus three and passing. First action resource. Second action play Crystalline Elder Sign. There's the plus one, hiding at the back. Revealing the black book. Oh, And last action, we're now a six on five investigating here. Could just chuck in working a hunch and astounding revelation to be nine on five. That would clear the fog, get the clue, which would charge up the Hawkeye folding camera. Or I just trundle over to the other unvisited aisle and I'm ready to use deduction there next turn. Let's tap Rook. And search nine and see what we see. Black book, crack the case, premonition, emergency aid, crack the case, storm of spirits, mind over matter, banish, David Renfield. Hmm. We're on a knife edge here, aren't we? If I take the crack the case, I could do that test, try and smash, smash an intellect test. Nine, yeah, nine on... Three, nine or five, four up. If I pass and I've taken crack the case, I'm back in business with resources. If I take emergency aid, which would be handy, 
it's going to take me at least another action of getting resources to be able to play it. So it's not going to help me now anyway. Mind over matter is always good. Renfield as soak is nice. Black book is nice, but I can't afford it. I think economy is the priority here. Take the crack the case and I have one action left. I could go to the other location. If it's a four shrouder, it's more resources. If it's not four shroud and I've wandered over there, if it's two shroud, say, that's somewhat annoying for crack the case. How many of the, are they two, two shroud, two, three shroud and two, four shroud of the unvisited isle? I do have deduction in hand, so I'd be ready to play deduction and clear it there, which would be good. And top card is deny existence five. Well, that will keep us alive a little bit longer. So let's do this thing. I'll commit Astounding Revelation and working a hunch. I'm a five, six with Crystalline Elder Sign, nine with those two against five investigating. Nine on five, minus one, clue, Hawkeye Folding Camera builds up, Obscuring Fog goes, and I will play Crack the Case for three resources and hope that the other location isn't better shroud. I'm up to three clues, which means I could advance. I don't think I will. That's my three actions. Resource, Crystalline Elder Sign, take the test. Enemy phase, nothing, shockingly. Upkeep, I draw the Deny Existence and reveal Banish and go up to four resources. We hit two Doom and my encounter card is Fate of All Fools, which comes into play in my threat area. Well, I hold Deny Existence and if I take direct damage from Fate of All Fools, I can actually heal with it, which would be good. Norman's stat line is normally 4521. With the Elder Sign, it's 5632. And with two charges on the Hawkeye Folding Camera, it's 6732. 6 plus 7 is 13. 3 plus 2 is 5, so 18 at the moment. And 6 plus 7, 13 on 10, if I wanted to try this circle test. Let's tap Rook, his last charge. Search 9. Banish, crack the case, Renfield, mind over matter, mists, shriveling, emergency aid, Eureka, 13th vision. Well, 13th vision comes out. What if I grab the Eureka and I, my two actions are clear 13th vision and then I do the circle test with Eureka giving me plus two, which would make me five up? I like that. Rook is now empty, by the way, of charges, which is a bit of a shame. And having felt like this deck was going really slowly, it now shuffling the deck feels very slim. The other option is that I don't do the circle now, and my plan would be to play Mind Over Matter and do circle test here, move to the other unvisited dial, circle test there. But I think, given that Eureka is here, ah, the shortcut top of my deck. Yeah, let's let's commit the Eureka. So nine normally, ten eleven with camera, thirteen with Elder Sign. 14-15 with Eureka against 10. Skull, that's minus 2 and reveal another token. 13 against 10. Minus 1, pass. The Brazier is unlit. Top 3 cards of Eure for Eureka are Shortcut, Shriveling, or Storm. I think I take the Shortcut. And I won't Shortcut yet because I don't want an Obscuring Fog if I draw one to hit the other Unvisited Isle. Plus, leaving those expensive cards as possible discounts off the top of the deck is no bad thing. Next card is Premonition on the deck. And before my turn ends, I'll play the Premonition because I've not played anything off my deck to reveal Working a Hunch. Ooh. Premonition token is 
an elder thing. That's a minus three, and during a circle you get hit by haunted. Upkeep draws me the hunch and reveals a mists. I go up to five resources, and we hit three doom. This is crazy. I'm going to just pause for a moment. My hand, by the way, shortcut, deny, storm, working a hunch, and a deduction. I've got in play the Elder Sign, the Hawkeye Folding Camera with two charges, Mr. Rook with a damage and horror and no secrets, and a full shriveling. I'm on five damage of six and four horror of eight myself, and I'm on five resources and three clues with three doom on the agenda. A couple of turns ago, like the pause I did, I'll probably edit it to be a bit shorter. It was probably about a minute long, maybe 30 seconds. I just thought between the Spectral Raven and the, the Spectral Hound, I just had no chance at all, I felt. And I also thought like my hand was just garbage. Not that the cards themselves were bad, but none of the pieces I really needed to deal with that situation. As I did that turn where I did three attacks, I just thought, you know, it's better to play out than say I've even scrubbed the scenario. And I'll also tell you, I thought about just shuffling up my deck and starting again and not telling you. I've never done that before. And... The thought occurred to me and I just thought, no, I'm not going to do that. The whole point of these live plays is the real experience at the table, not the best experience, just the real experience. So I'm really pleased that I persevered. And yeah, just goes to show, I think, that one can get it in one's head that there's a proper way to play a scenario. But part of this game is just about making do with what you have. Okay, I put the three doom, the third doom rather of ten. My encounter card is a, a Whippoorwill. Okay, so we're doomed now. The Whippoorwills have arrived. It's still it's still not too bad. Shortcut over. Deduction. I've still got two actions left to try and clear whatever the circle is there. Or I could advance and I'd get out of here as well. Let's do it. First, the shortcut. Spectral Mist also blocks the way in here. Well, it is the Misty Clearing. One shroud and two clues. I didn't realize there was a one shroud unvisited aisle. Thank goodness we didn't come and crack the case here. The circle test is willpower and agility, and it's difficulty 11. My agility is two, and my willpower is six. So that's an eight against 11. At the moment, I'm drawing a minus three with this premonition. I could chuck in... No, even if I chucked in everything I have... In my hand, I wouldn't be able to pass. I've only got two icons. So, good to know. And that's going to be a tricky one to pass. Maybe a mind over matter target. So, first full action, I'll investigate. I'll commit this deduction. I'm silly high against one, and I pull a minus three. So, I get both clues. And the premonition goes. I've got two actions left. And I'll advance, because we might need to go and do something else now. So, that costs me three clues. The mist returns. You venture deeper and deeper into the overgrown woods, a timid voice in the back of your mind urging you to flee this place and never return. The dark mist becomes so dense you can hardly see anything. You shout for any of your companions, but there's no response, just the sway of dying tree branches in the wind and the thump of your heart pounding in your chest. Each investigator must randomly choose one of the set-aside unvisited aisle locations, put it into play in front of him or her, and immediately move to that location, cannot be cancelled. If we sided with the coven, which we did, the brazier here is lit, place a resource token to signify it. This is the Haunted Spring. It's two shroud and two clues, also a VP. The circle is intellect and agility. 
Well, my intellect is one better than my willpower, but that still means I'm an eight total. Is that right? Two plus five is seven, eight, nine against difficulty nine. So I'm evens to start with. And haunted is you must either discard an asset you control or take a damage. Well, that could kill Rook at the moment. Now we shuffle each of the story cards beneath the scenario reference card and deal one at random to each investigator until all of them have been dealt. In player order, resolve each of the dealt story cards. And there's only one, it's Penny's fate. We check the missing person section of the campaign log. If Penny disappeared into the mist and we're on Penny's trail, well, she didn't disappear into the mist, she was pulled into the spectral realm. If she was claimed by spectres, we read something, and otherwise you find Penny's apron lying on the ground covered in blood. There's no other sign of her. Sorry, Penny. Fated souls. The trap set by the Silver Twilight Lodge has drawn the attention of the spectral realm and its inhabitants. One way or another, those who are trapped in the mist will end up here. Each investigator cannot leave the location in front of him or her, and it's two clues to advance. So we shortcut over, deduction cleared. We've got two actions left here. We could just try and get these clues. We could play Mists that's sitting on the top of our deck. It would cost one. And I'm wondering if last action then we draw a card or otherwise try and set up. Because one option here, we've got two clues already to advance. And if we could mind over matter, we could do this circle, move to the other one, do that circle. I think even with the Whippoorwill on us, we'd still be at a pretty decent height. Five, six, seven. We'd be 14 against nine, 12 against nine with the Whippoorwill. So yeah, first action, I'll play the Mists. Costs me one. Comes into play with a juicy five charges. Gives me a bit of mobility as well, which is nice. And the next card on top of the deck is Crack the Case. I could investigate now and working a hunch, and that would clear this location. Wouldn't be able to crack the case and get the working a hunch resources back. Do I want these two clues for the VP? Maybe. We're on three Doom of ten. How much time do we have? I think I just draw the card. Once the Whipple was on me, I'll need to be doing other things. So I draw the crack the case, and it reveals split the angle. The Whippoorwill hunts to my location, so it's flying around me, annoying me. And in upkeep, I draw split the angle, which I just revealed, go up to five resources, and reveal another copy of Mr. Rook. Okay, so Mr. Rook that we have in play dying this turn wouldn't be too bad. We hit four doom, and our encounter card is Realm of Torment. Put it into play in our threat area. When our turn begins, we resolve each haunted ability on our location, and when our turn ends, we test Willpower 3 to get rid of it. Our turn begins, we must either discard an asset we control or take a damage. Our options are that we take the damage on Rook, getting rid of him. Pretty nice. Take the damage on ourselves and play Deny Existence to actually heal one. Discard Mr. Rook. That's a good asset to discard. We could discard Rook and immediately play Rook from the top of our deck, first action, and search. I think we do that. Pay two, play Rook off the top of our deck, revealing the puzzle box. And we'll tap Rook and search nine. Puzzle box, shriveling, mind over matter, astounding revelation, black book, emergency aid, Renfield, storm of spirits, banish. Puzzle box could be amazing. Mind over matter could also be amazing. Black book, pretty good. Shriveling, I'm not so keen on at the moment. Nor Renfield, nor storm, nor banish. Emergency aid. 
could also be super good now. We could use the astounding revelation we saw just now to get two resources and second action heal two damage. What would we do third action? Try and get a clue. Or we could take the mind over matter. We could spend our two clues to advance. We wouldn't have enough actions, I don't think, to do the cheeky mind over matter, mind over matter, move mind over matter. So maybe we build up. We just have it in play. If we take the puzzle box, we could play the puzzle box and try and get a clue here. Let's do that. We're going to need the puzzle box. The astounding revelation, I will put a search on Rook then. Are we going to be able to pass Realm of Torment this turn? I think so. So first action was play Rook. Second action was play Puzzle Box. Third action is Investigate. We're normally a seven, we're a six on two. Minus three, Clue. We're set up now that if we want to pay two and buy the last one, we can. And then at the end of the round, we need to test Realm of Torment. And I'm going to commit Split the Angle because we are normally a four, five, six with five with Whippoorwill. So now we're eight on three. Tentacle. Why, thank you, Tentacle. I forgot to reveal the top card of my deck. It's Renfield. Okay, take a breath. We're all right. The puzzle box, if you don't remember, you can unlight a brazier, exhaust the Spectral Watcher, or deal five damage to the Spectral Watcher if it's exhausted. Upkeep, Rook readies. We draw Renfield and reveal Banish. We go up to four resources and five Doom of ten. And our encounter card is Whispers in the Dark. Everywhere has haunted take a horror. And when our turn begins, Realm of Torment triggers. So we need to discard an asset we control or take a damage and also take a horror. So I'll put both damage and the horror on Rook and I'll tap him and search nine. Banish, Storm of Spirits, Knowledge is Power, Astounding Revelation, Black Book, Emergency Aid, Mind Over Matter, Shriveling. I'm going to take the Mind Over Matter and with the Astounding Revelation, I think because there's so few cards in my deck, I just take two resources. I've still got two searches on Rook. I think we go for it now. Do our little play of locking down a lot of the circle actions. So I reveal Shriveling on the top of my deck. So I'll pay two fast, play working a hunch and buy a clue. And then I'm going to spend two of my clues now to advance. I've still got three actions left. From the depths. Before long, the Revenant arrives. It rises from the depths of the Miskatonic River, unfazed by the water or the mist. Sensing fear and blood, it glides slowly towards the island with its arm outstretched. Its gaze brings dismay. Its grasp brings death. We spawn the set-aside, the Spectral Watcher, at the Miskatonic River. We shuffle each set-aside copy of Watcher's Grasp and Watcher's Gaze, there's one copy of that, into the encounter deck along with the encounter discard pile. We return each location in front of each investigator to the centre of the play area. And we put the set-aside Geist Trap location into play. And if Norman sided with the Coven, the brazier at the Geist Trap is already lit. It's connected to every Unvisited Isle location, the Haunted Spring, the Misty Clearing and the Standing Stones. We're currently at the Haunted Spring. But the path leading to the site of the ritual is hidden by the Spectral Mist. You cannot enter the Geist Trap. Because of our affiliation with the Lodge and our sudden betrayal, we have Beyond the Mist version 2. You are close to the site of the binding ritual. The braziers have already been lit, enabling the trap. You'll have to unlight each of them in order to break the circle. 
There's a free trigger during a circle action spend a clue reduce the difficulty of this skill test by two. And if each unvisited R location in play is revealed and the brazier on each of them is unlit, advance. So I'm going to pay one and play mind over matter. For the rest of the turn, I can use intellect in place of combat and agility. That means for this brazier, which is a difficulty nine, I can do intellect plus intellect. My intellect is five, six, seven, but minus one for the whippoorwill, so six. So six plus six, I am a 12 against nine, and I'm going to spend a clue to make it 12 against seven. Tentacle. Do I stay and try and do it? Or do I move and try and do the other one? The other one is going to be harder. So second action, I move to the Misty Clearing. And third action, I investigate here. My willpower is four, five, six. And my intellect is seven. So that makes me a 13 against 11. And I'll spend a clue 13 against nine. Minus three. This one is unlit. Phew. In the enemy phase, the Spectral Watcher hunts. It's now one away from me. And the Whippoorwill hunts to on me. But before it does that, I needed to test Realm of Torment. And I am a six on three. Minus three. Realm of Torment goes. Whispers in the Dark goes. Upkeep. Rook readies. I draw that shriveling. I go up to four resources and reveal a banish, and we hit six of ten doom. That was very frustrating, Mr. Whippoorwill. And Mr. Tentacle. Our encounter card is Ancient Evils. Oof, we go up to seven. Okay, how, if at all, do we pass the test at the Haunted Spring? We're a nine on nine, normally. We could use the puzzle box. As an action, just unlight it. I quite like the idea of saving that for the difficulty 20 test. Although, again, let's just do a quick stat check. We're 12 for our stats, 14 with the camera, 18 with the elder sign. Basically dump our hand to go further. Let's tap Rook, search 9. I don't even think there are 9 cards in my deck. No, there are only 5. So they are Banish, Storm of Spirits, Emergency Aid, Knowledge is Power, and the Black Book. Well, the Black Book would give us a plus two for that Unvisited Isle chat test. It's still not great. So we'd, we'd maybe commit Black Book. Renfield would make us three up. Crack the Case would make us four up. That's the best we could do. Is there anything better in this pile? Knowledge is Power, no. Emergency Aid would be plus two, like the Black Book. The other Storm of Spirits and the Banish wouldn't help. We'll take the Black Book then. First action, move to the Haunted Spring. Second action, nine on nine, and we'll commit the Black Book, David Renfield, and crack the case for plus four. Top card of our deck is Banish again. Anything else in our hand? I don't want to commit Deny. I can't commit Shriveling or Storm. Four up. Minus two. Well, the black book alone would have done it. Brazier is unlit. We have a single action left, but we have to advance. After nearly an hour spent searching through the dense mist, you finally arrive at the site of the lodge's ritual, only to find it in chaos. Members of the Silver Twilight Lodge, 
each wearing robes of blue and silver, are embroiled in battle with the witches. The ritual has neared completion, Carl Sanford yells to you from across the clearing. Bring the Revenant here and end this! It is now or never. Glaring at the man, you throw the unlit braziers you snuffed along the way onto the ground, breaking the delicate wards placed upon them. Immediately the dark mist invades, and hungry shapes in the mist descend upon the unfortunate members of the lodge. Traitor! One yells. You try to ignore their cries of agony as you proceed towards the centre of the clearing. Reveal the geist trap. Move each investigator at an unvisited aisle location to the geist trap. So in we go. While the spectral watcher is here, the spectral watcher gains retaliate. It's four shroud and one clue. There's a circle 20 test where we add all four stats to complete the ritual or disrupt it. If you succeed, you may either light or unlight the brazier. And the haunted effect here is take a damage and a horror. It's a VP. But also we remove all cultist tokens from the chaos bag for the remainder of the campaign. There's one. There's two. Farewell cultists. Quite the result. And we head on to Act 4A, The Broken Rite. At the centre of the clearing lies the spectral trap, a pillar of ghostly energy which swirls about the stone obelisk. Hundreds of phantasmal faces and a conglomeration of rotted limbs and flesh intertwine within, a revolting display of death and despair. A silver brazier stands in front of the pillar, its blue flame flickering in the wind. There's the same free-triggered ability about circle actions, and the objective is if the spectral watcher is defeated at the geist trap, while the brazier there is unlit, advance. We have a single action left. We could try for this clue, but I think we just unlight the brazier using the puzzle box. And that sets us up, hopefully, to deal with the watchers soon. We're on seven doom. This is going to be tight. Enemy phase, the whippoorwill flies into the geist trap and the watcher hunts to the standing stones. It could go to the haunted spring, the misty clearing, all the standard stones, but it's two away from us. Upkeep, we draw that banish and go up to five resources. And the top card now is a storm of spirits. Mythos, we hit eight doom. And our encounter card is fate of all fools. We'll take two direct damage and we'll play deny existence level five to heal two direct damage. We're back to three health. That is a result. Now, how do we get to the Spectral Watcher, pull it back here, and deal five damage? Is there a way in a couple of actions? Or do we use Rook now to search for that emergency aid and heal? Potentially we investigate and then we engage the Whippoorwill, and that means when the Spectral Watcher comes in, we're ready to do a Storm of Spirits for three damage, a Shrivel for two, and we would have got the clue. And we're gambling that we don't pull an ancient evil's next turn. Because that'll take us to nine doom. We use our last rook clue. I'm going to grab the emergency aid. Rook secret, rather. Top card is knowledge is power. That would be nice to have in hand. First action, we spend two and heal two damage to one damage. Second action, we investigate. We would be a seven. We're now only a six on... Four.
zero clue. And last action, we engage the Whippoorwill. In the enemy phase, the Watcher hunts in and the Whippoorwill hits us. The Watcher kills Mr. Rook and we take horror. We're on five of eight. In upkeep, we draw that knowledge as power and the last card of our deck is a Storm of Spirits. We're at four resources. We go to nine doom of ten. Our encounter card is Shapes in the Mist. Surge, Revelation, resolve each haunted ability at your location. So we take a damage going up to two and a horror going up to six. And it surges into Watcher's Grasp. The Watcher hits us, essentially, taking us up to three damage and seven horror of nine because our camera, of course, charged up ages ago when we cleared a third location. We've cleared five locations of clues now. So first action, we spend two and play this Storm of Spirits off the top of our deck, attacking the Whippoorwill. We're a four, five, six, seven, eight, seven against two, targeting the Whippoorwill. Minus one, the Whippoorwill dies, and that does three damage to each enemy, so that's three to the Spectral Watcher. Second action, we use a shriveling charge. We're now six, seven, eight on three. Elder Thing, that's a minus three, which is a pass, and we take a horror, taking us to eight of nine horror. Thank goodness for the charged up folding camera. Oh my word. The Spectral Watcher is defeated at the Geist Trap while the Brazier there is unlit. We advance. We had one action to spare. Union. As the blue flame of the brazier is snuffed out, the energy around the circle disperses. The shadow reef around the watcher's form is released, and the creature's true form surrounds the central pillar. Resolution 4. Oi, oi, oi. 4vp I can see. I think it might just be a 4vp that would be maybe upgrading the Ward 2 to a Ward 5 and going from there. That was something else, right? The 3 Doom at the start, that lost 5 actions trying to kill the Hound. I genuinely am so stunned I got through that. And the Emergency Aid clutch at the end there, I just didn't have enough soak otherwise. I kind of held on as long as I could to not taking the emergency aid just in case I could get away with it and it just about paid off could have done with the shriveling way earlier on that's for sure okay well we did it we got through this is I think one of the hardest scenarios solo there's nowhere to run which is one of the challenges and it's just so bullish so yeah resolution four I'm gonna do some sorting out of that I hope you're keeping well stay safe Stay uh, social distancing if that's something you need to be doing. We all should be thinking about it in these difficult times. And yeah, keep in touch. We're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. If you want to support us on Patreon, COVID-19 is having quite a big impact on our livelihoods. So anything you can do to support us would be gratefully received. And yeah, thanks very much for listening. Bye.